Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Man, it's so good to be here. Man, wasn't worship awesome? Man, I just, I felt him so strongly in here. I just want to take a second before I say another word and just give some honor to our pastors, Pastor Jamie, Pastor Sandra Goldenberg. We're so thankful for you guys. Come on, let's just give it up. Come on, we got to give it up. Our pastors are amazing. Amazing. Listen, maybe you're, maybe this is your first Sunday here. I just want to tell you, I have a good report. Our pastors love people and they love you. And they are so thankful to be a part of this body. I'm so thankful to be a part of this body. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be able to speak today. It means a lot. And uh, I, you probably already heard it already with, with church news, but we got two big things happening. We got big serve day coming up in less than two weeks. Come on, come on, let's go. Yeah, we got a, we, I don't know if you, you probably saw it on the grass wall out there. We have a huge sign-up area. Listen, go ahead and hop in. We got nine amazing projects. You don't want to miss that. It's a great event. And then next Sunday, we have student takeover happening. Come on. We have, uh, we, we, listen, we are a, a next-gen church. We believe in the, the next generation of leaders. We are going to raise up people to continue the kingdom of God. Amen? And so next week is all about our students, and you're going to get to hear from some of our amazing leaders in TY, some of our amazing students. We really, I got to tell you, Pastor Dylan and I did some filming with them last week for uh, next week, and I was so impressed. Gen Z, they got it going on. Let me tell you that. There's some strength and power in Gen Z, and I cannot wait to hear uh, what they have for us next week. So this Sunday is the first Sunday of our new sermon series, Summer at Transformation. Summer at Transformation is always awesome. Man, that graphic, man, that's beautiful. Come on. Huge shout out to Melanie Bell. You're out here, you do our graphics, you're awesome. I don't know where you're at, but man, so good. But uh uh, Summer Transformation is an awesome time every single year. Every week looks a little bit different. Uh, so you don't want to miss a single Sunday. I know we got vacations going on, but you don't want to miss a Sunday uh, in Summer at Transformation. And this, the whole lead up to this day, I really had this, this date circled on my calendar. I'm like, okay, I've, I've got to speak. God, what do you want your people to hear on this day, July 3rd? What do you want people to hear? I know tomorrow is July 4th. And I've, I felt, I actually felt pretty strongly last week that I should talk about freedom. I felt that I, and at this, in, in that feeling though, I felt like God was dropping this other thing with that. It's like, you, before you have freedom, you gotta have love. And so that's what we're talking about today. You see, love is fascinating. In the English, in the English word, we say love, it could mean all sorts of different things. If I'm talking to my mom, I say, hey, I love you, mom, calling her up. I love you, mom. That means something completely different than if I'm talking to a friend and I'm like, bro, I love you, bro. Two different meanings. And then maybe I'm, I'm looking at my little daughter, Winnie. I'm like, oh, I love you, little girl. And that means something completely different than if I'm looking at my wife, Melissa, who sang amazingly today. She's saying lion, man. I heard that lion roaring anyway. So when she, when I look at her, I say, I love you, baby. That's a whole different meaning. And what about any taco fans in here? Who likes tacos? Man, tacos are awesome. I usually, mahi, mahi. <laughs> hey, good fish tacos, man. You can't beat it. Come on. I, I regularly look at the tacos I am consuming and say, I love these tacos. I love them. 
I love them so much. And if you stick around me long enough, you'll know I also love Star Wars, right? I love Star Wars. I will, and I will say, I love Star Wars. And how about this? Maybe this is an example some of you can, can uh, latch on to. Maybe you are at a friend's house and you're just kind of spying out the decor of their house. You're like, hmm. And then all of a sudden you catch out of the corner of your eye those throw pillows they have on their couch. And you're like, hmm, I love your throw pillows. I don't think any guy has ever actually said that. Maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, first of all, I don't even know what a throw pillow is. What is a throw pillow? I'm saying the words. I don't really know. At what, and at what point does a pillow become a throw pillow? You know, is it a size thing? Is it like a length, width? What is it? Is it when you throw it? Yes. That's it. <laughs> yes, it is when you throw the pillow. I love it. That's so awesome. <laughs> oh, man. As you see, the ancient Greeks had all sorts of different words for love. Uh, words like eros, which is like a romantic love. These are words that are used in the Bible. Eros, for romantic love. Philia, love of a friend or a brother. Uh, storge, which is familial love. And then agape, which is divine love. It's unconditional love. It's selfless love. It comes from God. You see, in English, we have one word for love, but in the Bible, there's all sorts of different words for love. And you've probably heard this a bunch. It's like, it's like a, it's, it's sad that it's a cliche almost, but you've probably heard the term, whether you're, this is your first Sunday in church ever, or uh, you've been here a million years, God is love. You've heard that term before. And I, I just want to clarify that when it says God is love in scripture, it's theos esti agape. Theos esti agape, agape love. That's the love he's talking about. God's not eros love. He's not philia. He is agape love. That's what we're talking about. So I have several different texts we're going to read today. We're going to hear from Paul, John, and Jesus. Uh, and every time you hear the word love, for the rest of the day today, we're talking about agape love. All right. So let's jump in. Uh, we're going to be jumping around a lot. So buckle up. 1 Corinthians 13. Verse one through three, if I speak in the tongues of humans and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all of my possessions away, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And now first John four, beloved let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God for God is love, agape. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son to the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loves us so much, we ought to love one another. <laughs> no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. And in his love, and his love is perfected in us. And then finally, Matthew 22. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. In other places it adds with all your strength. This is the greatest and first commandment. 
And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. My title today is Where's the Love? Let's pray. God, I thank you for all the work you've already done in our midst. I thank you for fertile soil to receive the word of God today. I, I thank you for your scriptures and the power that they have. Well, I don't have to say a single word other than just to read your Bible today, but Lord, I pray that you would grace us with your presence continued as, as we continue on in this, in this message and in this time together, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, I'm not going to go too deep into this story, but about two weeks ago, I was at Mem- in Memphis with our students at Access Conference. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was so awesome. Uh, and I, I, had a, I had a little encounter. There was another student there and I, I was asked to pray for him. And this, this kid was just absolutely on fire for God. It was so awesome. We were in the midst of this big old party. There were uh, food trucks, uh, inflatables, uh, silent disco. And this kid, he was like, I just want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, come on. So awesome. Uh, and I just, I felt God dropped a little word in my heart for him. And it was just to tell him to remind him about first Corinthians 13, that, you know, we, you know, it's good to desire power and desire the things of God, but we need to have love. And it was like, as the words were coming out of my mouth, it was like the, the dagger of this was coming right here into me. And, and I, you know, I saw this kid, I'm reminded of myself so much seeing his passion and fire and zeal for God. I'm like, man, where's my love? And I started asking myself questions. Do I love God or do I love how he makes me feel? Do I love others or do I just love it when they do what I want them to and when they take my advice? And do I love myself or have I created a false sense of pride to cover up how much self-loathing and compromise I have within me? Those are important questions to ask no matter where you're at in your walk. Maybe you've been walking with God for 40 years and maybe you've been thinking about walking for God for 40 seconds. These are important questions for us to continually ask. And so today, the, what we're going to be talking about is really summed up in Jesus' statement in Matthew 22, the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So we're going to start with love God. Love God. It's the biggest and most important part of the commandment. Jesus says, though, it's the greatest. It's the first thing he mentions. And then love, it, it, it's, when I think about this, I'm like, well, how? How do we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength? What does that even look like? God, he's infinite. He's beyond our understanding. He's beyond comprehension. If there are, it, he built the universe. And if there are multiple universes, he built them too. So he's so beyond, how, how could I, my finite, my flesh, this sack of water that I am, be able to actually love that, such an immense God? So I have this thing, Melissa knows it really well. It's called get stuff done mode. All the guys in the room know what I'm talking about. Some of the ladies, you'd be like, oh my, my husband, my gosh, get stuff done mode. Some of y'all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You got dishes in the sink and you're like, all right, it's time. And so you just start going at it, right? Total focus, total, all of you is focused on this thing. When I would first start to do this, when I was married to, when we were early on in our marriage, Melissa would just just be like, oh my gosh, are you upset with me? And I'm like, no, what? Why would you think that? I'm trying to do this thing. And it's, it's just because, uh, I, I was getting stuff done with all of my emotion involved 
all of my mind was into it. I was so focused on it that nothing else mattered. I'm like, all right, plates first, then cups, then uh, silverware's last, and then uh, maybe some bowls in the middle. And if there's some random accoutrements, I'll get to those too. We'll figure it out. Go with the flow, baby. And so my mind's involved and I'm just literally going with all of my strength. My emotion has fueled my strength and I'm, I'm getting involved with it. And there was one time, like we recently did some remodeling in our home and, and I, there was this project to lay down vinyl plank. And I'm like, how, God, how am I gonna do that? So I, I prayed, I was like, God, help me. I invite you into my soul. Give me, give me strength to do this. I got no idea, Lord. YouTube and Jesus, come on somebody. <laughs> oh man. But so I have this question for us today. What, what if we, what if we got into get stuff done mode in loving God? What if we loved him with our heart? What if we got emotional? We loved him with our emotions. What if we, you know, our soul, we loved him with our innermost being, the parts of us that no one ever gets to see, even us, we don't even like looking at it. What if we loved him with that? And our mind, what if we loved him through learning and through our consciousness and our strength? We loved him with our, our bodies and the works of our hands. You see, that, that means that the way that we interact with God, it has to change. There's no more, well, my faith is more of a cerebral faith. I don't trust my emotions. Hey, it's time to get emotional about God. He commands us. No more surface level faith. It's time to dive in. Let God deep calls, calls unto deep to let God into the deep parts of us, the scary parts of us, the things we like to hide. And no more not reading the Bible. Crack open your Bible. God wants us to love, love him with our minds. Let's, let's learn about God. When you, when you ingest the scriptures of God into your life, it begins to transform you from the inside out. That's what God wants you, wants for you. And then no more sitting on the sidelines. Well, I've just got a lot going on in my life right now. It's hard for me to join a serve team. Or maybe I just can't make it to church every day. Listen, come on, let's make a covenant together, all of us. We're gonna love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength together, together. Let's build one another together in this. So there was this time where it was, it was right after Jesus, he had come into Jerusalem. It was days before he was going to die. And he was sitting in the temple and he was teaching and having to go through all this like uh, theological questioning. The, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were all like asking him a bunch of quick fire questions and Jesus was having to respond to it. Um, but there was this one moment where he saw him and the disciples that were watching as people would bring their offering into the temple treasury. They were dropping money into the temple treasury. So we're going to read out of Mark 12, 41 to 44. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he calls his disciples and said to them, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This passage of scripture is just a few verses after Mark's version of the greatest commandment. It's just a little bit, little, little snippet. It's in the midst of all this same part of the story. But listen, we're not talking about money today. We're talking about how much do we love God? How much? Abraham loved him enough to sacrifice his promised son. 
Ruth loved him enough to follow her mother-in-law into a foreign land. That's speaking to somebody right now. Moses loved him enough to forsake his adopted royal family. He became a fugitive. And then he led a few million people that never stopped complaining for 40 years. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? A million times for 40 years. Joseph loved him enough to never lose hope. Even in the darkest times, he never lost hope. And disciples loved him enough to become martyrs and they changed the world. And Jesus loved the Father and loved us enough to become obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, the, the first commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is, is directly tied to the second. And let me show you how. John 15, this is night before he dies. He's talking to the disciples. John 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Friends. You see, Jesus in that statement directly ties fulfilling the first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, with loving your neighbor as yourself. It's important. He even says to the point of laying one's life down for his friends. That's agape love. It's this selfless love. That's what Jesus commands for us to do. And he says, if you fulfill my commandments, you will abide in my love and my love will abide in you. So that brings me to my second point. Love others. Love others. We're gonna read out of Matthew 25. Told you to buckle up. We're reading a lot of scripture today. Matthew 25, 34 to 40. This is a parable that Jesus told that's more of a sneak preview of what's really gonna happen. Uh, then the king, which represents Jesus, will say to those at his right hand, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. He tells us, Jesus tells us in this, that when we love others, we are not figuratively, we're past that into literal territory. We are literally loving Jesus. When we love others, we are literally loving Jesus. That means when we clothe the needy, we are clothing Jesus. When we feed the hungry, we are feeding Jesus. When we give drink to the thirsty, we are giving drink to Jesus. When we welcome the stranger or the foreigner, we are welcoming Jesus. When we visit the sick and the prisoner, we are doing it to Jesus. And this grand illustration that Jesus has, there's this group of people on the right that showed their agape love through action. That's part of it. 
Agape is selfless. It must be shown through action. So they've shown their agape love to Jesus through action. And then there's this group on the left that's checked all the boxes. They come to church on Sunday. They do what they must. They know the do's and the don'ts and the regulations and all that, all that stuff. But they never had love. They never showed love. And so Jesus says, no, these are the people I'm welcoming into the kingdom. Hey, I got some really great news for you. At this church, we love people. We love other people. We do. Yes, pastor, we do. And we've got an amazing opportunity. You're probably thinking like, well, what do I do? Well, hey, guess what? We have big serve day coming up in less than two weeks. Come on, somebody. Hey, I got, we got nine projects. If you're trying to think, how could I possibly show agape love to somebody? Give me, give me a practical, Justin. Come on. We got nine projects that will meet a felt need and directly impact other humans in this city for Jesus. Come on, sign up for a project. That's your call to action, church. Let's go. Go to the website. Go to the app. Whatever you got to do. Events page. We got nine projects. Sign up. And I just want to hit this real quick because I feel like it's important. Uh, we are justified through faith. Obviously, we're talking about loving through deeds and actions, right? Our salvation is dependent upon our faith, right? But James also writes, faith without works is dead. So the, the works simply just prove what's been done in our hearts, right? So that's, that's all I have to say for that. That's in case someone wanted to send me an email. Um, you can send it to uh, Marissa. At Trans- I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, <laughs> uh, another thought I have about loving others has to do with fruit. Bearing fruit. You see, uh, the Apostle Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit. It's basically the, the things that happen around and within a person that has been changed by God, changed by the Holy Spirit, and is in communion with Jesus. So uh, the fruit of the Spirit, we've got love, we have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. A fruit tree doesn't eat its own fruit. A fruit tree bears fruit for others to come by and partake of and enjoy. So all of us, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you can tweet about this later. Do people use Twitter still? I don't know. Uh, You can tweet about this. You're a fruit tree. You're a fruit tree. Whether it's, and you're bearing fruit constantly, whether it's good fruit or bad fruit, a little bit of fruit or a whole lot of fruit, you are bearing fruit. And so my, my question to you is, when people come near, to, come near to you, when they are around you, what kind of fruit are they taking? When you're nearby, is, there, is, is, is it a loving environment? When you're nearby, is joy, does joy enter the room? Is it peaceful? It, it, are, do people encounter patience or impatience? Do they receive kindness or goodness? Are you true to your word do you come in clutch? Are you gentle and can you control yourself around others? I remember there was one time, man, I feel like everybody's got one of these stories. There was one time I was at a gas station and uh, I just really wanted a Gatorade, right? It was a Gatorade. I think it was like 250 or something like that, 249 maybe. This was, I think it was in college and uh, I was back in Georgia. I was fueling up my car. Then I had to get a Gatorade. I was thirsty, so thirsty. Uh, but when I got in line, there were like seven people in front of me and I'm like, okay, 
All right, long lines at gas stations are inconvenience, but whatever. They're called convenience stores. It didn't feel very convenient at the time. Uh, but, you know, I'm like, all right, seven people, this will happen pretty quick. Well, it, it, the first person bought every single scratch-off ticket in the gas station and wanted to redeem them in that moment. He was like, scratch in, then here you go, scratch in, here you go. And the lady's like, oh my gosh, she's like looking at the line like, oh man, here we go. And then one of the pumps outside broke down. One worker, one of the pumps broke down. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want this Gatorade. And then it seemed like everyone's credit card just was like, the machine just was not working at all. And so like 20, 25 minutes later, I get my Gatorade. But along the way, I have tapped a guy in front of me. I'm like, man, can you believe this? What kind of, oh, man, goodness, what is happening? Then the guy behind me, he was just like, man, he started cussing. He was like, man, like, I'm out. And he just left. Then even, I mean, he had like way more than I did. I just had my little Gatorade. I just wanted a Gatorade. Thirsty, lemon lime Gatorade. But here, I have some other examples. What about when you're at Walmart and someone's blocking up the aisle right before the item? You're just trying to get some chai tea and someone's blocked up the whole aisle and you have to walk all the way around the aisle just to go get your chai tea. You, you, you kind of reach around, you're like, <clears throat> get my chai tea. Huh? What about when you had a hard day at work and all you want to do is watch a show or play a video game? but your spouse needs your attention. What about when you're at work and your boss reams you out for 10 minutes and you have to immediately go deal with a customer? What about when you're driving on the road? This is for me. What about when you're driving on the road and someone cuts you off? And then here's my favorite, the dreaded four-way stop. I'm convinced nobody in Tennessee knows how a four-way stop works. I'm convinced. Ty goes to the person on the right. All right, that's it. Uh, listen, all right. <laughs> but hey, hey, hey. What, what if we chose to love instead of get mad? What if we had patience instead of impatience? What if we showed kindness instead of fury? What if on social media we were peaceful instead of being argumentative? What if we showed kind? What, what if we became focused on doing right to others instead of being right? Instead of letting our feelings guide our actions, what if we let the agape love of Christ come and dwell within us and then let that guide our words, actions, and deeds? And that brings me to my last point. Love yourself. Love yourself. I don't know if it's up there, but there it is. Love yourself. You see, Jesus gave two commands, but the second one has an asterisk, if you will. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that part right there, that's where things really get off the rails in our culture, in our lives. That's where the problems really happen. I'm thinking of this phrase, uh, treat yourself. Any Parks and Rec fans out there? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Treat yourself. You may not know what I'm talking about, but you've probably heard the thing. It, it kind of became a meme, right? When It's an older meme. Uh, but occasionally Melissa and I will go treat ourselves to some uh, Korean fruit, food over at Kaya. I don't know if anybody's been to Kaya. I absolutely love Korean barbecue. We'll go get some Korean food. Maybe we'll go shopping. A little, just a little treat yourself. No big deal. No big deal. But there was one time, this was literally like four months after my daughter was born, Winnie. It was, it was my first Father's Day. It was 2020. This is just two years ago, y'all. 2020. And I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm a new dad. 
I'm going to treat yourself. You know, Father's Day. I'm going to treat myself. So uh, this, is, uh, this is me admitting some nerdy stuff. I, I like to build these uh, Japanese plastic robot models called Gundams. All right. It's, it's honestly one of the nerdiest things you could possibly do on the face of the planet. But, it, you know, it's, it's kind of zen, you know, you put the little things together. Anyway, I like to do them. And there was one I had my eye on. It was pretty inexpensive. And so I'm like, you know what? Treat yourself Father's Day present for me. And so I bought it. And I was so excited. I went to Melissa. You know, we'd, we'd watched the Parks and Rec. We knew about the whole treat yourself thing. And I was like, hey, baby, I treated myself. I got a, a Gundam model. And she was like, you, you what? And I was like, you know, treat yourself. She's like, why would you do that? I'm like, uh, at this point I was like, danger, danger. What have I done? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, she was, she was not happy. She was like, man, I had gifts for you. Like, are they not enough? Am I not enough that you needed more? Why? I wish you had just told me and I would have gotten this for you. And the whole time I'm like, whoa, it was harmless. Treat yourself. I'm sorry. Needless to say, I returned that uh, model, and I still don't have it to this day. Uh, don't worry. It would be weird, I think, at this point, if I got it. I'm like, I'd look at it and be like, treat yourself. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but treat yourself. It's kind of this, it's become this mantra in our culture of self-love and self-care. Uh, they're not odd terms to hear nowadays. Psychologists recommend it. I'm not, listen. And I'm not about to bash caring for yourself. Self-care, if you need a shower, take a shower. It's important. You're caring for others when you do that. <laughs> but listen, there's a razor-thin line. There's a razor-thin line between the kind of self-care and self-love that culture is really fond of and selfishness, self-absorption, narcissism. It's a razor-thin line. And self-absorption is incredibly, selfishness is incredibly destructive. It leads us to hurt everyone around us. I, it's a harmless treat yourself moment. I hurt my wife. Even though we're trying to love ourselves, we end up hurting ourselves. That thing with, that I experienced with Melissa, the simple, simple little thing, it, it hurt me to hurt her. And ends up, what happens when we, when we dive into selfishness and self-love? We end up uh, depriving ourselves of, of positive relationships, of, of good influences. And as Christians, we can become stumbling blocks for others. I don't know how many times I've heard church hurt stories where it was re the result of someone just being selfish. And one of the things I hear all the time from Christians, is especially, is how selfish our culture has become. But if we're being honest, that selfishness has made its way right here in our midst. How do we act, y'all, when we leave this building? How, do we, how are we Monday to Saturday? How are we just in the car ride home with our families? How do we, what are the words coming out of our mouth? How do we treat people? And then, uh, uh, what about when we go to the restaurant? How do we treat our servers? How do, on social media, at home, when we choose selfishness, we're hurting ourselves. Selfishness leads to isolation, paranoia, broken relationships, obsession with things. At the core of it all, though, is because we're broken people that have a really hard time admitting we're broken people. So I've got this. You probably wondered why I have coffee cups out here. I originally wanted red Solo cups, but I have coffee cups. I do love coffee. Any coffee lovers in here? Come on, let's go. 
That was weak. Come on. Who loves coffee? Yeah, let's go. Come on. Yeah, there we go. All right. So I have this, this, these cups right here, and uh, I am going to uh, show you that my self-love and self-care is enough. All right. There's my self-love. All right. Got to get set up here. I really, you know, I really, I really love myself. I'm taking care of myself. I'm, I'm really excited about uh, me. And so now, out of my own self-love, I don't know if you guys can see it on the side over here. Uh, out of my own self-love, I am going to now love others. Well, there's more others than there are me, so I have to put more uh, here. All right. Okay. All right. Need two hands. All right. Cool. Now, uh, well, God is huge, right? So. There's obviously more God than there is others, so I need to put a lot more of that on top. All right, you guys feeling good about this? You think it'll? You think it's gonna? Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! All right, here we go. All right, my cup pyramid didn't stand, and that's because self-love isn't enough. It's not sufficient. There's a story in the Bible I want to say. I want to talk about. David and Bathsheba. I'm not going to dive too deep into it. I'm not going to read scripture. But it comes from 2 Samuel 11 and 12. It's a story about the destructive power of selfishness. Bathsheba, you know, she was, she was another man's wife. Is actually one of David's warriors. Uh, and at this point, David, he's decided, you know what? I'm going to treat yourself. I'm just a treat yourself day. I know I'm supposed to go to war, but you know, I've been... I've been warring for a while. I deserve this. I'm worth this. Some self-love, yo. And so he's going to kick his feet up at, at home and send his main man, Joab, with the army out to fight his battles for him. But that's where it started. It was this simple, simple choice to treat himself. And then it led to him spying out Bathsheba, another man's wife, on the roof. And he's like, hey, Who's that? And then he got his servants to go bring her to him. They Netflixed and chilled. And David got Bathsheba pregnant. Now, it's not over there. David, he's like, oh, snap. I done messed up now. It's time for me to cover this up. Because I'm the king, you know? I got to cover up. I got to take my, my pride, this veneer of pride, and cover up my mistake, my problem here, my brokenness. So he commanded them to bring Uriah, that's, her, that's Bathsheba's husband's name, bring Uriah back from the war and say, hey, buddy, your wife wants to see you. Go hang out with her for a little bit. And Uriah refuses. He was like, no, my brothers are out there fighting. I, how could I in good conscience do this? I'm going to wait until I go back to, to fight. I can't do that. And so David gets upset. He ends up giving Uriah a letter. His, uh, this letter is his death sentence. He gives Uriah, he says, hey, Uriah, don't, don't open it. Give it to Joab. So Uriah hands it to Joab, the leader of the army. Joab reads it. He's like, yes, sir, got it. They take Uriah, shove him out in the front line and watch the other people kill him by himself. They just backed off. They're like, hey, then they killed the, the enemy, killed him. And then we're not done yet. David's with Bathsheba. She's, had, she's having a kid. She's, she's pregnant. And the prophet Nathan comes to him. And he's like, hey, David, what have you done? 
look what you've done. And he tells this story and David like realizes in this moment all the selfish horrors he's committed. And in that moment, Nathan prophesies to him and says, hey, this kid, he will, they will not survive. And David is just like, what? He's racked with grief. And he's recognized his own brokenness, his own insufficiency. And he writes a song out of it. He goes to praise God to worship him and he writes a song out of it. So we're gonna read Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. You see, David was broken at this point completely. And he was broken, but he was broken before. He just acknowledges it now and God accepts him at this point. Listen, some of y'all are broken. I'm broken. We're completely broken on the inside and without we treat the people we love in brokenness. But I'm, I'm a hope dealer today. I've got some hope for you. I'm gonna rebuild this pyramid of coffee cups here. Let's see. All right, same cups, all right? So this is me and my self-love. We've already learned it's not sufficient. But what happens when we let the Holy Spirit of God into us, right? And then... We remember that, that Jesus, he, his blood was shed on the cross. It's, it's good for all eternity. And then we end up coming to church and getting around other people. And we, we let the agape love of Christ, we've acknowledged him, we believe him, we let that love come and reside in us. And, and at this point, there's a lot more cups on the bottom now. It's not just us anymore. There is agape love inside of us. And at this point, we can begin to love other people. And you see, there's actually more people that are gonna get to be loved now because we have the agape love of Christ living within us and working. And then now, because we're loving people, we're fulfilling the commands of God to love him. And my pyramid of cups is still there. Loving yourself, it's not supporting the rest of the pyramid. The way to show love to yourself, which is part of this, it, it's, it's at the crux of this. The way to show love to yourself is to let God love you. Is to let God love you. This is Jesus. He, he came down. He was literally born in a manger. And then he was raised as a man. He lived as a man. He was tempted in every way we were. This is God himself. And he becomes obedient to death. He died on the cross for your sins. And he raised again with power for you. Agape love, the selfless love of God. It doesn't come from within us. It comes from God. And when we get God's love in our hearts, when we get it in our hearts, we have what we need to love other people. Then we have agape to give to other people. We have agape to give to our spouse, to give to those people at Big Serve Day. And then in doing so, we fulfill God's commandment to love him. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I don't you say you're talking about love all day. I, I've never even seen love. I don't even know what it looks like. I just wanna encourage you. The only thing I can encourage you with is just to open your heart today. Take a second, open your heart and let Jesus in for a moment. For a moment, it'll transform you forever.
You see, God chose you. God formed you in your mother's womb. He has a divine plan for your life. And he died on the cross for your sins. So that's how we know what agape love is. You are loved, church. You are loved. Let's all bow our heads and pray for a second. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, I've heard everything that you've said and you feel this unsettledness in your heart. Like you want to respond in some way and you're not sure what it is. This is the moment. If that's you and you, you, you within yourself, you've had this unsettledness, like I need to respond to what God is doing. I need to make a fresh start. I want to let the agape love of Christ live within me. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand and say, I want to make a fresh start with God and let love live within me. If, come on, hands, yes. Yes, Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray this prayer together, church. Lord God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the love that you've poured out to us time and time and time again. And we thank you, God, that even, even when David was at his lowest and he had done all of these horrible things, you still loved him. You still showed love to him and you still poured your love back into him at the end of it all. You redeemed that situation. God, Lord, I just pray that you would redeem our situations today. God, that you would redeem our lives to you. We love you. Right now, today, as a church, Lord, we come together and we submit our hearts to you and say, fill us with your love. Fill us with your love. Transform us from the inside out. We need you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody pray. We say amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.